0: On today's Locked On Texan podcast, the Super Bowl. We got to shout out a couple of players. Will Deshaun be making his way over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we talked to Jordan Pun, Texans thoughts of the draft Bible. But first. You are locked on Texans. Your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day welcome in everybody to a monday edition of the locked on texan podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than never before. Better line is where the game starts. Be sure to check them out uh, for the NBA season, NHL and college hoops as well. I'm John Hickman joined by none other than the great Cody Davis and we are shooting excuse me. <laughs> we're shooting this episode uh right before the Super Bowl. You guys, you're fans just like we are we want to get to some Super Bowl parties. However, before we do that, we got to do our job and talk about the Houston Texans and Cody. Can Tampa Bay swindle Deshaun? It ain't even swindling at this point, but <laughs> can Tampa Bay find uh, the guts, the will to pull a trade on Deshaun Watson if they decide to uh, that his situation is cleared and he'll be able to play football for next year? Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, tweeted that the team has done extensive homework on a potential Deshaun Watson trade. They are also expected to look into trading for Seattle Seahawks superstar quarterback and Russell Wilson. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to keep that open and follow that train, whether or not Tampa Bay feels like that Deshaun Watson could be the quarterback for the next couple of years for them. and. Uh, if he's able to play, I think Deshaun Watson will go into a situation where it may be perfect for him already. Uh, the receivers are there. The weapons are there. They will go out there and draft some players. Uh, while I was at the Senior Bowl, I mentioned that uh, – or I heard that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wanted to uh, really look into bringing in some more receivers for whoever's going to be the quarterback. We know that Godwin situation with that injury and Antonio Brown. Uh, but I mm-hmm. think that that would be a situation for Houston where – Pick-wise or draft capital-wise in terms of high number of uh, where you would draft in the the draft, I don't think that'll be ideal for Houston. However, I think the the best thing for Houston right now is to move on from Deshaun Watson if they can do that. I think Houston, and I mentioned this before, I think Houston may have missed their mark last season where they probably should have struck while the iron was hot. deshaun watson missed an entire year of football voluntarily now we look at a situation for the houston texans where they may find a suitor if he's able to play in tampa bay
1: Uh, once again john tampa bay is just one aspect of this situation that has to work out the biggest aspect of it all is of course whether or not deshaun watson wants to go to tampa bay and john once again i've been told by a couple sources that the reason why we was hearing deshaun watson wanting to go to miami wanting to go to new york he wants to go to a team where he would have an opportunity to build his brand and of course you take a look at miami new york that's one of the biggest markets out here in sports tampa bay isn't a big market but what i would say i believe that might be a best case scenario for deshaun watson because it not only give him a chance to move on from the houston texans not only would it give him a chance to actually get his career back on track but at the end of the day that seems like a wonderful situation for for deshaun because look even in a even in a situation where they do lose Chris Godwin in free agency you still have Mike Evans who in my opinion is one of the best receivers in the league that team is still kind of built around a win now team I know they have a lot of free agents like Little Fournette, if I'm not mistaken I think Yo, he's well, a about lot of interference in Houston yeah a lot of people like to see houston but i think if they are able to get their hands on deshaun watson and you still keep that win now mentality especially considering that we don't know what the saints are going to look like in 2022 the 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 um carolina panthers (laughs) the the well the falcons they need it's time for them to trade Matt, matt ryan and hit the reset button on their their rebuild and of course the carolina panthers they're just as dysfunctional as the texans so that would be the perfect situation for deshaun in terms of getting his career back on track it's a winnable situation John th- I do agree with you if you trade him to a, a a really good really solid team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a team that's only a year removed from winning the Super Bowl you take out Tom Brady you insert Deshaun Watson that is still going to be a dominant team though draft picks would not be as high say if you had an opportunity to trade him to the Panthers to trade him to the Dolphins I don't think they missed the mark on trading him I do think they're still going to get the big haul even though we all know the off field issues it's part of the reason why we're still talking about whether or not the texans can and will trade deshaun watson a year later but um i, I would say that's gonna bug me a little bit because we know whenever you trade deshaun watson to and he start playing those draft picks are not going to be as high as they were say if you traded him to carolina or miami
0: well i will say this when i look at what i believe houston has in this draft or in, in the scout department i'm fine with it Uh, One thing about the draft is you still have to go out there and do your due diligence on Mm -hmm. players that you believe in. And so Houston, I suspect in the next, you know, this year's draft, next year's draft, maybe the year afterwards where they will have pretty good picks. And if they trade for uh, Tampa Bay, uh, with Tampa Bay, and they bring those picks back in, you still will set your team up to have two first-round picks. Mm -hmm. And that is better than one, no matter how you flip it and fold it. And so for Houston, getting those picks will help you address needs, especially in this year's draft. Can you imagine if Houston was able to make a trade with a team before this year's draft with the amount of talent that's coming out in this year's Mm -hmm. draft with the amount of holes and needs that this team needs to fill? So I don't care if it's, you know, of course you want two top tens, but I don't care if it's, you know, your pick of top 15, or you know, right before you pick in the thirty second. as long as Houston is able to get those picks back and make moves that make sense for the Texans and Ludwig Smith moving forward, that's all that matters. Before we move on, hey guys, shout out DJ Reader. <laughs> we, we, DJ Reader is one of the most unproblematic Texan, uh, star players that they ever drafted, along with you know, Andre Johnson, who. Didn't get the Hall of Fame nod. I know a lot of people are pissed about that. And uh, I kind of suspected that he would not be a first ballot in Hall of Famer. However, I think he'd year, get in next year, though. I think there's no excuse for him not to get in next year. But shout out to DJ Reader, who's playing in the Super Bowl uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: And once again, John, I think I, I, I made this statement when the Bengals had reached the Super Bowl two weeks ago when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs this defense has not been the same without dj reader because that guy understanding his name wasn't as big as jj watt but you take a look at that run defense this run defense has not looked the same since reader left and that's part of the reason why we're sitting here what what are we now two three years removed from his departure we're sitting here talking about the process of the Texans in a rebuild because that was a very big mistake letting reader walk out the door off of six ten and Kirby.
0: absolutely but uh, much success to him, and we are shooting this episode before the Super Bowl, so if he goes out there and win him a ring, hey, man, you're always going to be great in the eyes of the Houston Texans. Football football is over now this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all of the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where you can find the next fired coach and where he's going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot. For all of your sports betting needs, Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just Bet Online with basketball, it's BetOnline.net for your source for hockey, BetOnline.net for boxing, UFC, right to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up, learn more about the trends in action, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back in Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. Remember, we are a free podcast. You can find us on all of the major podcasting platforms. And thank you for making the Locked On Texas your first listen every day. I am joined by Jordan Pun. You guys may know his work over at the uh, Texas Unfiltered. He also works for the Draft Bible. Is that correct?
2: Yes, sir, John. Thank so, you so much for having me, dude.
0: It's oh, man. Awesome. I, I I had to have you on the show Like <laughs> a major crossover. So thank you for coming on. But you know, we shared some time in Mobile, Alabama, during the Senior Bowl week, where we were able to see some prospects discuss what Houston should do with that number third pick, number three overall pick, and kind of the—I uh, I would say—the area they should go towards, or the, or the direction rather they should go towards in the draft. Jordan, so what were some of the prospects that you saw in Alabama that you really liked for Houston?
2: Yeah, for Houston, man, I mean, it starts with basically the best player that was there in Zion Johnson, the offensive lineman out of Boston College. The dude played left tackle in 20, not 2020, left guard in 2021, and in the center, in the senior bowl, he's playing center for the first time in his career, and he looked like a natural. So he's one of those guys who's, you know, top 20 talent. And if we end up making a Deshaun Watson trade and get a second first round pick, you know, boosting the trenches, especially on the offensive side of the ball to help protect Davis Mills, help boost our league worst run game. That's going to be a pick I make 100 times out of 100, man. So Zion Johnson, keep an eye out for him. Other prospects I really liked for the Texans at the Senior Bowl, uh, Christian Watson, man. He was definitely the best wide receiver there out of NDSU. Reminds me a lot of Mike Williams. Do you like Watson as well, John? Absolutely.
0: So I didn't, going into it, I didn't know, I didn't know a lot about him. Uh, Mm -hmm. because of the school that he played at and you know he just wasn't an advertised player throughout the college season yeah but from day one of the Senior bowl i mean he showed that he's just not sized right uh Mm -hmm. one thing that i liked about him the most and was very impressive was his route running ability that Mm -hmm. stood out to me uh his ability to get open
2: and uh he's a little
0: faster four four what about six four he ran like a four four i'm hearing
2: yeah, 6'4", 215. Um, I see some like Mike Williams to his game. Like you said, like, he's a big dude, but he's got good routes and good speed as well. So he's kind of got this all around skill set. And, you know, a lot of the best players down in Mobile were kind of the guys that you expected to be great. Like I said, Zion Johnson, you know, guys like on Winfrey, guys who were already kind of borderline first round talents. But Watson, I mean, that dude was projected to go in the third day. And so now people are projecting him him in the first round, second round. And so he really was the biggest winner for me in terms of being able to improve his stock um, as he answered competition questions. Um, But so those were two offensive guys. Um, I know a lot of the Texans fan base really, really wants a running back. And I think we talked about this um, down in Mobile. We talked, you know, maybe maybe get one in, in the later rounds, maybe in day three, something like that, before you, sorry, after you build up the trenches, improve the offensive line. So my guy down there I thought was the best was Damian Pierce out of Florida. Oh, um, man. <laughs> you like his, uh,
0: yeah, you. one thing I like, I'm going to let you go, uh, but one thing I loved about him was his personality. His personality, mm-hmm. I spoke to him uh, during the media breakfast, and... Um, you can tell that he's someone as a player and person that it's easy to gravitate to, which kind of makes it easier to be a leadership in whatever position in his case, the running back uh, that he'll be serving in. So uh, I did like him. I thought he had a very good week, especially after day one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I think the group of running backs down there, weren't super spectacular, but Pierce definitely stood out, stood out as the best guy as a runner, being a physical runner, which is going to fit Pep Hamilton's power run game that he's used throughout his career with the Colts, with the XFL. Um, and then he's also a really good pass protector as well. He stood out in those one-on-one drills when linebackers were coming, flying at him, blitzing, and he held his own really well. He's a dog, man, absolutely. I'm glad you got a chance to talk to him and connect with him. Um, one more offensive guy that I really liked Um, just kind of fulfill all those positions was tight end Greg Dulcich out of UCLA. Um, Pep's going to like to run a good amount of two tight end sets. And so we've got Brevin Jordan, that receiving guy. Um, And I think Greg is a pretty solid blocker and also a pretty solid receiving threat. So he's kind of a do it all guy, Um, play a lot of inline at UCLA and he was a guy I talked to interviewed and and he just, you could tell he really loves football. He really loves improving. Um, And so I think him being a former wide receiver, having that background, but also being a good blocker um, and being a walk-on. So he kind of has that mentality of, you know, I got to improve. I got to play my best to make it to the NFL. Um, I really like Dulcich as well. Do you get a good impression from, from him?
0: I, I liked him, but I would I would go with Charlie Kohler, man. I mean, yeah. from day one to day three, I, I thought he was the most complete tight end uh, in terms of being able to block. I saw him take on some of those DNs, and mm-hmm. at times it looked like he was a natural tackle. And he was able to kind of find those zones, sit in them, and make plays for the quarterback, make it easier for his quarterback. We both talked about this in Mobile, Alabama, how it would be yeah. a very beneficial for Davis Mills to operate in that 12 personnel with two tight ends. We already have the vertical tight end in Brevin Jordan. I think he'd be very good for Houston. In that role, however, when you look at a tight end that can help your offensive line, which is not your strong suit for Houston, set that edge. uh He's very powerful, has very good strength. He plays with a nastiness. He can help that O line out, and then help y'all in the receiving game. uh It kind of puts. The, I throw this idea out of you: maybe like yeah. Gronk and Aaron Hernandez for New England for those couple of years, where. You know Aaron was a, a decent blocker but he was more of the you know receiving tight end and mm-hmm. Gronk was to do with you all and then we eventually saw how great G- Gronk could be uh as his career went on. Would you would you kind yeah,
2: of yeah yeah stylistically I think I, I I tend to agree with that. I think um and I know you weren't comparing caller to having a Gronk level success of course but I think my kind of to supplement that comparison, my kind of success level would be two former Texans tight ends. And those would be guys like CJ Fedorowicz um, and Darren Fells, those kind of massive tight ends who are six, five, six, six, 250 plus pounds. You know, they're your inline guys, get their hand in the dirt and get do the dirty work um, and also be great red zone threats. Um, I think that was the other thing college showed down in mobile, those one-on-ones down in the end zone. Um, he was winning so many contested scenarios. He's got really strong hands. Um, and his film was really, really good out at uh, Iowa State as well. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, do you want to move over to the defensive side of the ball? You got a few more offensive guys you want to talk about, John?
0: No, I would definitely like to talk about the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Jesse Lucchetto, we both liked him from day one. Uh, I think his day one was a little bit what we thought it may be, but day two and day three continued, and mm-hmm. he was able to make plays between him and my Jay Sanders. Those are two players in those later rounds that I think Houston could benefit from bringing in. And Maja has a very good pop with his hands. And it's kind of a smaller guy, Maja Sanders, but has a very good pop, very good upper strength.
2: Uh, what do you think about those two players? Yeah, so first off with Maja, it's interesting because athletically, he's almost kind of like my guy, Jacob Martin, where he's, you know, a bit a bit thinner. But that dude is lightning quick, man. His get off, off the snap, like he's beating guys. Sometimes he doesn't have to use a pass rush move because he's just that fast. He's just going to run right past you, right? But then, like you said, he's got these long arms. He's a very like lanky frame. And so he's got some good pop in his hands. Um, I think he's going to end up being, you know, a better pass rusher than he's a run defender. And in round, late round two, early round three, I could definitely, that would be great value um, out of Jai Sanders. There's a lot to work with in terms of potential there. Um, and then like Lucetta, man, oh my goodness. I absolutely loved his film at Penn State. He played a lot of linebacker, a lot of Sam for them. And then he showed his versatility at the senior bowl, going down to full-time edge and just getting after the quarterback. He set the edge really tough in the scrimmages and he won his one-on-ones as well. And he has this really nice inside move where he faced outside with the speed, cuts back inside after oh, setting the tackle. Beautiful. So, beautiful, man. Beautiful. I love Lucheta in the third round. Um, he's not, you know, a perfect fit for us because we're sticking with the four three. At least it seems like with Lovey Smith saying he's gonna call plays on defense. You know, I think at is like 6-3, 260. That's what he weighed in at the senior bowl. And so that's you know, it's a little small for a pure four three mm-hmm. defensive end, but I think you can play him at Sam. Um, and that'd be a really good role for him. So I like Luketta as well. Um, those are two good guys in the trenches. Going to the secondary, I mean, my guy of the the week was really Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. Baylor, That guy, yeah, man. Both Baylor safeties were great, but Petrie really stood out um, with his versatility. I mean, that guy was winning his one-on-ones versus running backs, versus wide receivers, and versus tight ends. So, the type of defender that you can kind of move around the defense um, and match up versus different guys, like, that's really, really valuable nowadays. He's a really great athlete, really instinctual, really smart player. Um, He was a really fun interview as well. That dude, like, Talk about guys who want to get better and want to perfect their game. Like that is Jalen Petrie to a to a T. Man, you like his game as well? I did the.
0: I would say the DB that stuck out the most to me was Kobe Bryant. Though I mean, going into mm. the uh, Senior Bowl week, uh, everybody knew him about him. His his stock rose this year. Uh, he and Sauce Gardner, who I think Sauce is the best cornerback in this draft, yeah. uh, they kind of separated themselves as a tandem from every other school. And so, going into the senior bowl week uh, last week, I was wanting to see okay, how would he operate with new teammates? How would he operate in a different environment? Mm-hmm. And I thought he was a clear cut number one corner out there, uh, very good hips, very good. Uh, when you have to change a speed depending on the route from the receiver, uh, did a very great job with that. Now, look at Houston, who wants to bring in some DBs, wants to bring in some corners. Uh, The uncertainty behind Lonnie Johnson, who tweeted he will be staying in their corner, uh, which is good for Lonnie. However, I think this is another area that they can grow in. I like Kobe Bryant.
2: I agree, man. And I think, like you said, like he is a perfect fit for what we want to do on defense and kind of what we ask out of our cornerbacks. Um, And that's, you know, being zone coverage specialists being ball hawks, you know, keeping their eyes on the quarterback, reading the play, reading what's in front of them and, and they're having good spatial awareness. And so Kobe, um, this past season, he had two interceptions in 2020, he had four, um, uh, 2019 and one, 2018, he had two. So nine interceptions over four over four seasons, um, and 35 pass breakups as well. So yeah, he's got the production, he's got the traits. Um, and we saw it in person, man. He really, really was impressive.
0: Yeah. And I do want to go back to uh, Jesse Lucchetta really quick. Yeah. Um Here's why I think if Houston would take a chance on him in a later mm-hmm. round, uh, where it could pan out for him, because when he made that switch to DN in this past year at Penn State, uh, I did not look for him to have sack numbers. But one thing that I did love about his game was how he just has a knack for getting after the run. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this one thing that he does when he squeezes down the offensive line very well, and makes plays, a stretch-long stretch-run play. So uh, I look at him as one of those players where I, I don't anticipate him being, whether it's for Houston or anybody in the league, I don't anticipate Jesse Luketa being a high-sack number guy. However, um, when you have defensive lines, everybody has to do their job, and I think that's how he plays, is to do his job, and stopping the run is one of the, one of those areas where he blossomed from day one to day two, and getting better with pass, uh, rushing the passer as well. Um, His first day, I thought that he wasn't as agile as he could have been. And uh, he needs to work on those natural quarterback uh, to get after the quarterback moves. Mm -hmm. But day one to day three was totally different. And I think that uh, he had an opportunity to make some money for this upcoming draft as well. Jordan, what would you do at number three for the Houston Texans?
2: Whew. So this is a a tough question. Um, Ultimately, I kind of move back and forth on it based off of, you know, which coach we're going to be in and whatnot, but I've kind of settled on one thought. And and, and before I get into that, I'll say that the Texans are in a very lucky position. Um, And it's a position that it's kind of hard to mess up because they've got so many different avenues that, you know, I'd be happy with, you know, I think there's three best players in this class are Kevon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, and Kyle Hamilton in some sort of order. Um, And so at three, you know, you could simply just take whoever falls to you. You could also trade down. There's going to be quarterback needy teams um, and hopefully you can get a really good deal out of that Um, and stay within the top 10 and maybe add a, add a second and a third or maybe add an extra first. Um, but what I think I would do and what I'm really a fan of right now is just taking Kyle Hamilton at three, especially if he's there, man, just take it. And I know, I know he's listed as a safety. Safeties aren't as valuable as, as a left tackle, as a quarterback, as a defensive end, right? But Kyle Hamilton is much, much more than just a safety. He's a generational prospect, man. That dude's athleticism at 6'4", 220 is absolutely insane. Like He's built like Cam Chancellor, but he runs around like Earl Thomas. Mm-hmm. And so when you have that ability at safety to be a ball hawk with his instincts, with his awareness, he's a turnover machine, which Lovey Smith is going to absolutely love. On top of that, not only is he amazing at safety, they play him at nickel corner a ton too. He's manning up slot wide receivers. There's not many safeties that can do both of that. And they put him at linebacker on clear passing situations and just had him patrol, you know, the intermediate, intermediate, middle area of the field. So he's doing three damn jobs. So you're not just drafting one safety. You're drafting the guy who can play three positions and do it damn well. I mean, a lot of people like to compare him to Sean Taylor. Um, I see a little bit of Troy, Paul, and Malu. I see a little bit of like, if Tyron Matthew was 6'4", 220, like, that's Kyle Hamilton, man. Be able to do free safety, some nickel, some linebacker as well. So Kyle Hamilton is where I'm going. I think he's a generational player. They can build their defense around him. And I think he's the best player in wow. this class.
0: Wow, you can build your defense around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Hamilton made it to call you after this and uh, hire you to be a part <laughs> of this agency team. You just sold the hell out of him. Uh, is the decision to go with Kyle kind of easier now that we know that Lovey Smith will be the head coach?
2: If anything, it, it, it made it a bit tougher. Because the way I see Lovey Smith's defense as, as a 4-3 Tampa 2-based defense, you know, he, the most important position group there is defensive line, 100%. Um, because, you know, he wants to only rush four. He's not really going to blitz too much. He's going to play with two safeties deep. So, you know, there's more emphasis on the defensive line to, to defend the run when they're outnumbered. Um, and so defensive end, man, like that's, that's really, really important for him. Having a star pass rusher who can get after the run and do and get after the quarterback, like that's huge. Um, So it it honestly made it a bit more difficult because Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson are really great players and I'd still be happy with either of them. But I just think this edge class is really deep. Um, And I don't think Kayvon or Aiden are in the tier of, you know, Miles Garrett or um, one of the Bosa brothers. I don't think they're there. And this edge class is deep, like I said. And Kyle is a generational safety, man, general safety, quote unquote. So I think Kyle's the move, man.
0: This is the time of year everybody pretty much gives up on their new year's resolutions. I understand it, but not this year. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sticking to my resolution and eating right. Thanks to bill bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them and it's becoming a part of my daily lifestyle. Uh, one thing that I love about bill bar, they are the best taste protein bars. Of course, but you do get a variety of flavors. You can choose from the, my favorite, the cinnamon euro, the coconut marshmallow, the banana cream pie, all of those flavors are so good. Or the original flavors, like the salted caramel or the cookies and cream. All Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most of the Bill Bar contains 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. We are free and available on all major platforms. Be sure to check out Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with handicapping expert Lee Sterling. They are also free and available on all platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Jordan Pun on Twitter, at Texan Thoughts. He uh, he also works for the Draft Bible right now. Met him out there at the Senior Bowl, man. And you know we've conversed a couple of times on Twitter, so actually meeting him in person was amazing. And uh, you guys kind of caught the or you did caught catch the on screen conversation, but uh, the conversation that we were able to have off the screen while we were in Mobile and covering trying to find uh players that make sense for Houston and C- Cody, I got to tell you one position that I think people are overlooking for Houston is the wide receiver position. Wow. Um, I, 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 I and When I say overlook, I know we got Nico and Nico has a lot of promise. Uh, what expectations we think that he'll make a big jump from year one to year two. And Brandon Cooks is a solid pro. We know how good of a receiver that he is in this NFL league and underrated. But, you know, the receiver position was very disappointing. There was a lot of inconsistency at quarterback. I get it. But when I look at Chris Conley, uh, when I look at Chris Moore, I, I don't think Houston should focus on bringing both of those guys back. And I think if you bring one of them back, which I expect Houston may do, then they should not be a part of the you know, future process of the foundation. And I do believe that Houston could benefit from drafting a wide receiver in this year's draft however here's something that i wanted to talk about and this is why i think if houston you know can make this trade and move on from deshaun watson and get a first round pick i think jermaine johnson and houston would be a hell of a match and i'm going as far as saying guys if you go watch tape on jermaine johnson if you go watch some senior bowl film on him i would be okay if the houston texans drafted jermaine johnson with the number three overall pick now kyle hamilton makes a lot of sense jordan loves kyle hamilton uh we talked about him a lot off the screen uh while we was in mobile alabama he did he wasn't there to see a bubble we were just talking about picks for the houston texans so, you know kyle hamilton is a stud safety uh and i think that with levy smith coming back In this defense, Luggan would be able to do a bunch of things with Kyle Hamilton. I get it. And so I wouldn't be upset if the Houston Texans drafted Kyle Hamilton, which a lot of people suspect that they will. But when I watch Jermaine Johnson, his collegiate tape, his senior bowl tape, his practices, the game, he stands out to me as a guy that can change the game at your edge position. And when I look at a player that I think should pair with Jonathan Garnard, Jermaine Johnson is that guy
1: that's right up my alley john because what i've been saying this whole entire time i'm hoping that the texans actually use this draft defensively especially now considering that you have a defensive-minded coach and lovey smith at the hams now with that being said this is actually something that i want to see of course as everyone knows i would like to see them use that number three pick and get in the top secondary player that they can actually get but if they go out and get johnson then i will be okay with that because when you take a look at that defensive front you know i think you you could kind of interchange roy lopez and your boy ross blacklight you could probably interchange those two when well, you take a look at the edge from the left to the right you have to make sure you pair jonathan Grenard with somebody Johnson. because however john to go back to your point about the wide receiving core i in my opinion will prefer them to try to get somebody in free agency that can actually help boost up this wide receiving core only because one your number one your number one primary suspect is still going to be brandon cooks and i'm actually hoping that they actually get a bigger receiver that way you can utilize brandon cooks a little bit more in a slot and of course Nico collins i think this is the year we're really going to see him take that leap and when you look at chris moore when you also take a look at chris conley I don't think Conley's coming back. I would not be surprised at that, as a matter of fact, I want to see Chris Moore come back because he is one of the guys that Davis Mills was able to develop chemistry and camaraderie with really, really early, and that's part of the reason why I think it was the, um, the game against the New England Patriots, I wanna say. He had, what, five catches for 105 yards and a touchdown, and part of the reason why Davis Mills did look good for the very first time. So i definitely want to see chris moore back i will like i mentioned i would rather see them sign somebody in free agency that can actually give this uh, this wide receiver course significant boost because yes davis mills is looking good but they have to make sure they keep weapons around him in order for him to continue to take that next step that we hoping him that we that we are actually hoping that he can actually go out there and make
0: your quarterback is only good as the weapons around him. I'm John Hickman. Thank you for checking out the Locked On Texas podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texas and like us on Facebook. Keep subscribing, keep liking, and keep commenting
1: on YouTube, guys. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Go Rams!